G'day and welcome to Denton's Academy podcast. My name's Anthony Walsh and I'm a banking and finance partner at Denton's Australia. In our podcast today, we're going to be looking at insolvency law issues in the COVID lockdown Australia. And I'm joined today by my insolvency partner, Fintan O'Connor. G'day, Fintan. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad, Anthony. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, mate. Look, um, obviously, there's a lot going on. It's a very moving feast at the moment in relation to lockdowns and everything that's going on. There are a lot of protections that were put in place in relation to the insolvency law last year. And I know that Victoria and New South Wales are sort of heavily in the midst of this and it's only sort of just started. I guess from the thought process of where we are today, are there any sort of current insolvency protections for directors or individuals, you know, having regard to the lockdowns and impact on trading that's happening at the moment? No, not at this stage. Who's to say whether the government will reintroduce those protections that were in place last year? You might recall that some of the protections that directors got were primarily um, in relation to insolvent trading. So they'll relieved from the liability that was associated with trading whilst insolvent. Some of the other more general protections were in relation to the extension of time for compliance with statutory demands. So they were extended from the normal 21 days out to six months. And similarly, the bankruptcy notices were similarly extended from 21 days to six months. So it's hard to say whether they'll reintroduce those at this stage. Not the whole of the country's not locked down at this stage. And, you know, you might say that, you know, why should a director in WA who's not subject to lockdown get the benefits of the protections? But, you know, you've got small businesses in New South Wales and Victoria in a real pinch. But they haven't come in yet. Um, but, you know, if the lockdown keeps going who's to say that they're not going to come in because they were quite effective in what they sought to achieve last year. Um, insolvencies were way down. I guess sort of picking up on that, Finton, you know, there, there was reported a little bit of an uptick in June in terms of insolvency actions. Um, and obviously, um, we're now hitting four weeks in, in New South Wales and we're going to sort of hit two weeks in Victoria. With being mindful of the fact there was a slight uptick with insolvency things in June, do you think that, you know, there is going to be a push by industry and generally across the board in these sort of impacted jurisdictions to have some kind of protections? Oh, yeah. I've got no doubt that they'll be pushing for some form of protection. But the uptick, you, you know, was not significant in any way. I mean, we're still well down from where we were pre-COVID for insolvencies. Really, the, the driver for the low insolvencies is the ATO. Um, and the ATO hasn't done any significant enforcement work since the start of COVID. And, and the ATO is the real driver for insolvencies in Australia. I, I don't know what the percentage is, it's, but it's significant. Um, the amount of insolvencies are triggered by the ATO directly or indirectly. So you know, until um, the ATO starts to really ramp up, you're not going to get um, you know any uptick in insolvencies of any note. But you know that's not going to stop them wanting the protections. They were effective, so, <laughs> and you know <laughs> they're effective protections. I'm sure they want them permanently. So if you are a director at the moment, you know, and you, you know your, your trading is impacted, is is there anything you have to be mindful of? Because obviously cash flow and employees and all those kind of things are generally being impacted in terms of how you are trading. Um, is there anything that should be front of mind for directors in these circumstances? Yes. I mean, insolvent trading is, is the critical piece. I mean, that's for directors. Uh, that's where they can be personally liable for the debts that are incurred during the course of their insolvency. So if the, the company is insolvent, they start incurring new debts, that director becomes liable or potentially liable for those debts. 
that's the critical piece. So it's really understanding your business, what the health of your business is in. Those sort of things are critical at this stage. And from an individual perspective, is there anything, if from an individual sort of sole trader that sort of goes to that sort of same kind of issues that sit with directors or is it more? I mean, sole traders always have the issue of being uh, personally liable because they don't necessarily have the protection of a corporate vehicle through which they trade. They may be trading just in their own right. So they've got to be worried about bankruptcy and the like, but the process to get someone bankrupt is quite laborious. Generally, it takes um, judgment in court to be obtained first, and then you have to issue a bankruptcy notice and the like, but it still should be at front of mind is that you you need to be ensuring that you're not um, seeking to incur debts in circumstances where you're not able to pay them. I guess you're probably going to find that people are going to be a little bit more flexible, but when you've got industries like construction being shut down, the cash flow is being squeezed across the this whole supply chain, I guess. So that's um, the flexibility might not be available to those particular organisations. Yeah. The lenders, like particularly the big lenders, have got packages that are available for um, both small businesses and individuals who are feeling the stress of COVID. I know that the one of the lenders has a three-month interest-free sort of, you know, no repayment periods for three months where the interest is just capitalised into the loan to give you that breathing space. Um, and you don't even need to put forward a um, assets and liability statements in certain circumstances. So, you know, you can get that quite readily. So reaching out to your lenders is a, a very important step in um, you know, ensuring your financial health through this period of time. You've also got the sort of safe harbour provisions, those of use, I guess, in sort of circumstances that we're dealing with at the moment. Yeah, large corporates, you know, a large corporate would find value in safe harbour. They're not your small business and the like is not going to find much comfort in, in safe harbour. But if you've got a big, sophisticated business, with sophisticated boards, um, then Safe Harbour is a very valuable tool because it provides you with that anonymity around and protection around the restructuring of your business. So it really does provide some significant breathing space, but um, you really do need to reach out to your professional advisors um, in that instance, particularly your um, your accountants and their specialist accountancies that deal with Safe Harbour and, and your lawyers to maximise your protection. But yeah, Safe Harbour essentially provides you with uh, protection from insolvent trading whilst you're undertaking a restructure. Um, there's, there's certain parameters that you've got to meet, but it's a very useful tool. But it, it would be somewhat underutilised in Australia, but it's sometimes a bit difficult to get a handle on it because of the anonymity that's um, associated with it. And is it similar to the small business restructuring sort of concepts or is that sort of further down the line in terms of what you're looking at? That That's a little bit different. The small business restructuring is more closely aligned with voluntary administration, uh, but it's supposed to be a bit more streamlined, a bit simpler. There's been little uptake of it, though, which is one of the issues. So just to pedal back, that the small business restructuring was introduced towards the end of last year, and that allows for businesses with debts of less than a million dollars um, and all their ATO liabilities or, or lodgements up to date to the appointment of a restructuring practitioner that allows the business to be retained in the hands of the directors um, and they continue to trade the business while the restructuring practitioner comes up with a restructuring plan to put towards the creditors for the creditors to vote on as to whether they want to accept that and they'll often result in them taking a haircut of you know x cents in the dollar so but the, the uptake has been very low so it's a bit like chapter 11 in terms of the approach 
chapter 11 has um, something called cram down rights and, and the like, I think. I don't know a lot about chapter 11 over in the US, but it's a little bit different. It's probably more closely aligned with, you know, a VA here and, and the Docker process here, but, you know, allows the, the company still to be retained in the hands of the directors, but you still end up with a, a compromised position at the end of the day. And there's a moratorium on enforcement for unsecured creditors during the period of time that the restructuring practitioner is appointed. Okay. And look, I guess in, in summary, you know, in terms of where we are at the moment, it's being staying close to the, the government grants. You know, obviously we had JobKeeper previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's yeah, rent yeah. relief um, that gets pushed a bit, I, I guess, in terms of um, landlords and their ability to be able to follow up that. Uh, that That is certainly yes. something that could assist a business that is obviously impacted by trading. And, and I know the ABA has come out as an industry body to offer relief packages, as you mentioned before. So in terms of difficulties, if you are experiencing difficulties, would you say it's better to get ahead of the curve, get the advice and and have those constructive discussions rather than sort of waiting and hoping that things will change? Yes, you, you should be reaching out to your lenders um, at the first available opportunity. You need to you know, get on the front foot in relation to this. You don't want to let it drag on. The longer you do, particularly where you don't get the um, protections of insolvent trading relief and the like at the moment, means that you can get exposed. So you do really want to reach out to those lenders at your earliest opportunity and get those packages that are available and repayment holidays that are available as soon as you can. You know, I think it's really important, particularly in terms of the government initiatives that come out. Um, and, and I guess understanding that what was available last year is not currently available. So, you, you know, the decisions you made last year might not be appropriate given the, the current sort of protections are not in place. That's right. Okay, Fintan, um, thanks for having a chat today. And thank you to everybody else for, for joining us on the Denton's Academy podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Thank you very much.